Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott joining us in studio, the TV voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us each and every Tuesday. Craig Bowler, Jack, what's up, Bowler? Good to see you. I need this little break in the action. It's good to see you. Yeah, good, man. Good to see you, man. And it is cold still. Um, it is quite cold in here. I left a ham sandwich in here two weeks ago, and it's still good. <laughs> still good to go <laughs> if you need a little snack. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting over there looking at it. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it hasn't expired. No mold. It's good. Bower, I need your help. Yeah, what's up? Jake and I have a little uh, wager on the line here, uh, incriminating audio. And we Lisa's know, pet name for me is Bowler. Is that, is we that know it? what happened the last time. Uh-huh. So it's a little risk, uh, is, uh, a leap you? of faith for me here to, okay. to get involved in this whole okay. thing. But okay. I need your advice. Now, I've already you said com- it. Have I, you committed? Yes. Committed. I've committed, but I need to know just uh, I, I'm in need of some support. Okay, what's uh, I, I think support. I know what this is. Is is this including a guy named the the Spider? Yes. Yes. Okay. Donovan Mitchell will score twenty six point zero points a game this next above season. 26. No, 26.0. Above 26.0. No, twenty six point zero. No, 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 no. Well, no. Vegas usually ha- has to go. Don't they go a half to just to make it good? Right. Right. Yeah, twenty six half. See. Gordon, <laughs> yeah, but see, I'm ta- I'm a, I, I think I'm the one taking the biggest <laughs> risk here. So, do you? Am I? Have I lost my mind? No. Well, look, here, here's <laughs> that's not uh, encouraging. We, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I tell you, I think it's over here, I huh? think it's really an intriguing question. Okay, I'm going to say that first and foremost because you know it's easy to get excited about what's ahead. And because of Conley and the floor open, more room, uh, athletic uh, to the rim, more opportunities at the free throw line. Look, when you get to the 26 and 27 point plateau in this league, you're an all-star, in my opinion. Okay, And there's only like five to six guys that flirt with 27 to 30. And you know why? Because it gets to the free throw line. And it's LeBron, it's Harden, and others, not very many others. So, the, the, you know, Gordo, it's a bold, and I hope you're right, honestly, just because it bodes well for what the Jazz, what, what the outcome of the Jazz would, would, would benefit from it. But you have to break this down and look at it realistically. And, Jake, I'll start with you, because I'll, I'll just be like uh, the judge. Oh, th- All right. Up, up here. <laughs> okay. So, so <laughs> judge what? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Jake Scott comes in here to challenge his co-host, Gordon Monson. What's at stake? We'll find out. But, but, but that was awesome. But the bottom line is, Jake, you seem to be more or less, uh, less than, uh, let's just say, confident that 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 he goes over the twenty six points. It seems that that's a really big leap. I mean, initially Gordon started at twenty eight, by the way. Oh, so I mean, let's, well, we had let's to just get, get we that, had to get real. Let's here, get right? that straight. So right. well, twenty six. I. 
I think 26 is is certainly doable. It's it's bordering on realistic, but Gordon had to draw the line in the sand somewhere. Yeah, I'd, 26. 28 would be quite a leap. Ooh, but big. 26, here, here's my thing, Bowler. Mike Conley, if he's going to go for 20, I mean, if Bojan can go for 18 to 20, Rudy took a big step last year, you know, averaging, what what was Rudy, 16, 17? 16, something? 9. Oh, something, yeah, something and then, there. of course, his bounds, his rebounds. Are, I mean, he's a double-double guy, So the I, bottom line. I think they're going to have the ability to really spread it out. Well, here's the other question is, does the bench actually, which I think has actual scores as well. So the the leap of faith is that the Jazz become one of the most productive offensive teams. Now, Locke would probably have some analytics that could either prove that right or wrong. But I'm looking at less turnovers uh, with Mike Conley running the show. Would Should you be. both agree yeah. there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think also Donovan, because of his uh, U.S., uh, world uh, championship experience comes back a more heady player, better in shape player. It's going to be 23, as I always say, and people say he may be worn out, but I'm not going to go there right now. I think it's going to be great because of Pops and the extension of what Quinn Snyder and the Jazz like to do. Uh, I'm very intrigued with this team and the pace, the touches. Now, if the touches and the shots that's what equals touches equals shots attempted, then I could see him flirting with that number, yes. But it also depends, in my opinion, if he drives and finishes how many and ones. If he doesn't, does he get to the line and his percentages in the 80 percentile or better? So there's a lot of ifs to breaking this down, but I think it's it's worth a chat for sure. I think he's going to get more opportunities to drive to the basket because guys are going to have to stay home on their man in that Jazz offense. And so when Donovan has an opportunity to go one-on-one instead of one-on-two or one-on-three. Judge Wapner, though, here's, has another question to you now, okay. Mr. Monson. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, I've asked Jake. What, what was that guy who was the, the, sideline, the courtside reporter? Was it Llewellyn? I can't remember. Something Llewellyn? They had to take, like, an oath and, you know, you <laughs> promise to tell the whole truth, whole truth, nothing but the truth. Gordo, do you? So yeah, help you? I, I'm okay. tr- yeah. So let me ask you this. Here, Here's the thing I can't answer right now. And, again, <laughs> analytics may tell you, but, again, I can't really go there because I haven't seen Mike Conley in the Quinn Snyder system, which, again, I'm very excited to get to. Uh, and we'll get a pretty good feel in preseason, but that first uh, ten games – by the way, we can get into later. Mm-hmm. Very intriguing with a lot of competition, and we'll get a taste of what the Jazz are all about. But he comes in as a guy who distributes the ball and doesn't have to be uh, your focal point in shots and taking those shots. So if he is who we think he is, then he can take the outside three. He can also bail the Jazz out in a short shot clock, in my opinion, and take some pressure off of Donovan Mitchell. But does he take away shots from the Spider-Man, Donovan Mitchell? You're up. You're on trial. What do you think? Does Conley, is he is he ball needy, shot needy, or is he going to be the guy I think he is through the first 12 years of his career and be a pass-first point guard? This is why I think it's going to be a wash in this regard. Because last year when Ricky Rubio had the ball in his hand, did he have company around him? He was by himself. Mm-hmm. He was left alone. The double comes to Donovan. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with uh, with Crowder. 
the teams wanted those guys to shoot the ball, so they left them open. Joe got so, crowded a lot, especially in the yeah. playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we what did they that. do? They took the shots. Yeah. And so this time, I think these guys are going to be guarded. And but because they're busy taking care of their business, I mean the defense, then that leaves Donovan opportunities to not just drive, but to get to the line, like you talked about. Now, if he gets to the line a couple more times a game, then that's going to make that's going to come close to making up the difference right there. Right there. Twenty-three equals two plus. That's twenty-five. I, I, I don't know what. Well, he was twenty-three eight, eight last year. So I mean, and, he's and, flirting and the, with twenty-seven. How many times did he go to the line last year? Do you guys Here, remember? Give me a second. I'll let you know. I, it, I, it, I think it, it didn't it, seem it, like he went to the line as it, often it, as he should have. It, it began, I think it, it started slow, but it re, it, it kind of climbed a bit. Am I gonna? Is he close to six free throw attempts a night? Give me a second. I I'm literally okay. bringing it up as we speak. Okay. I, I I'm guessing he was less than that. 5.1. So if he gets up to seven, seven or eight attempts a game? And, again, his percentages would tell you he ought to be flirting around the 83, 84 percentile. So, you know, that's where, again, an elite group of players who get to the line, Gordo, as you know, and, and, and force the issue by getting to the rim or getting fouled out behind the three-point line, which is pretty commonplace in this league nowadays, it seems like, because of the landing zone. The guys like to come underneath and take the legs out. So yeah, I it's it's you're you're just, this discussion is not outside the realm of, of becoming fruition. I mean, in my opinion, and what it, was his shooting percentage last year, Bowler? Was it forty two? Uh, field goal percentage forty three point two. Forty three point two. If he's just slightly more efficient, well, and if I, he makes one more shot than he missed last year. That's going to send that percentage up, and that's going to add to the total as well. So it, 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 it's not like just sort of being completely overly optimistic. The biggest question is how many opportunities will he get? How many will he be provided? How many will he take? Well, I'm not – look, I, I love Ricky Rubio, but the, the ability for now Donovan to go to the next level with the Mike Conley alongside I think is – the reason why the Jazz invested sixty plus million dollars in, in Conley to come here to help elevate not only the pace of the game, uh, distribution, and also ball handling and, and and cutting down on turnovers, but also to let Donovan take the next step in his growth, and that growth would be to be an All Star. Uh, look at the heads he's turning uh, with the U.S. team right now. I mean, it's Kemba, right, and Donovan. I mean, everyone is in a wow mode with what this kid is. And he's no kid, he's a man as he heads into another year in the NBA. And just to be coached at that level and to gain more confidence, Gordon, your, your, your debate, your talk is intriguing because I think he comes back more confident. And I still think he said when he exited, as we all know, I want to be in better shape. If this doesn't get him in shape, playing up until nearly camp, then I don't know what will. He ought to bounce on the floor after a little bit of a rest. And I'm sure Quinn is going to take care of him and, and keep a watchful eye to make sure he gets his legs back. And maybe we'll, we, we'll, we'll – but then again, you know, I've argued this with other people too. They have to play Conley and Donovan together in the preseason just so that they can have some reps prior to the start of the regular season so they get to – you know, they can build a sixth sense. Uh, but it's it's going to be intriguing, uh, you know. How much does Boyan? What's his, and Joe? There's a lot of guys now on this team, and it's a great situation for any coach to be in. 
uh, that there's multiple looks, there's multiple uh, different options and lineups, but also there's a lot of different guys who are shot worthy. And you don't seem to hold your breath when the ball is leaves their hand. And your point is well taken, is the fact that this this team now constituted, everyone defensively has to respect their man. They have to, unless proven, unless proven wrong, right? On a bad night, they may sag off and say, hey, look, he just doesn't have it. And they, they throw their attention to, to Conley or they throw their attention more to, 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 to Donovan. But I, I think this team is so intriguing and the way the floor opens uh, and the options that Quinn has. Your 26-point-per-night um, argument may hold up in court, mister. <laughs> and the, the pace of the game might pick up a little bit. There may too. be four yeah. or five extra shots. I mean, in in possession, just because again the ball's handled better. Donovan knows he has to handle the ball better. Those lazy passes across the midcourt or middle of the court cannot be. And I, I I hope that's one of his steps that he takes. That he's more ball, uh, let's just say savvy, passing the ball. Uh, and that's that, that'll be another issue for the Jazz, and something we'll watch early. I, I I think about it a little bit this way. I mean, it's still a pick your poison type of thing, right? But the difference between this year and last year is is last year it was, you know, you pick a, a diet coke or strychnine. You know, I'm going to pick the Diet Coke every time. Now you, you've got a tough decision to make, right? I mean, teams are still going to game plan to take Donovan out of the game. But when that happens, uh, Mike Conley's going to go crazy. Bojan's going to be effective. Or, you know, heaven forbid you let the freight train Rudy Gobert roll to the basket unimpeded. It's there, There's still going to be teams that are going to say, we're going to double Donovan. We're not going to let him beat us. But now the other options are far more consequential yes. than as as Gordon put earlier in the segment. I mean, if you have to pick between letting Jay have an open three and, and Donovan or cut doubling Donovan Mitchell, you're going to double him every time. Exactly. But, well, if, but if you go through the first three quarters of the game and th- that exact thing is happening, now the defense has to make an adjustment because they can't leave Bojan open in the corner. Right. They can't leave Mike Conley alone. So well, they can, but that's the decision they're right. going to have to make, right. and that's a lot tougher. But if tougher. they're making their shots, then they're going to make that decision to make the adjustment, and then Donovan can do his thing because we know he takes off in the fourth quarter anyway. Yeah. That's fourth, he's predisposed yeah, to do that. Yeah, second half, he's a second-half player. He had a lot of slow starts, and if he, if that, if he shakes off that uh, – type of personality or, or playmaking ability that he's that he's a slow starter and he actually plays more consistent throughout the night then that's another argument to the 26 per because so Buller, the point though that then becomes is it a good thing first of all donovan has to be aggressive to make this happen he has to be somewhat oh. selfish he has to be aggressive to do it is it a good thing for him to take on that mindset well it it that's another great uh, discussion, you know, for uh, Judge Wapner here. Because <laughs> Jake, here, here's this, here's here's something too. Will the Jazz change their personality of team concept that we do this as one, not as uh, one man per se? I mean, if you put all the pressure on Donovan, which was there last year out of need, or uh, does he get it, and does Conley get it, and Joe and Boyan get it, and Rudy get it, the starting five, uh, and that they still have that ability to share and and run the blender as as yeah. Quinn. We've heard that that word. We, you know, that Jazz Nation knows all about the blender and how they sometimes almost were two 
uh, uh, kind to one another to say, nah, you may, you know, I've got an open little, fi- I got that little 12 footer, but I'm going to kick it and go three. You know, I- I'm curious too if, if once in a while the analytics don't show that Conley can pull up and, and, and trigger a, a J from 14 feet. I'll take it, right? Instead of having to force threes all the time, which I know is where the league is going. Uh, and, and where it is. It's not going there. It's there. And also on top of the rim with Gobert. But, you know, I just wonder, you know, how the blender will really work. And that's, again, there's so many so many questions and angles that, that we're all going to be looking at to, to see how this Jazz team will run and how they'll get along and how they're going to respect one another and who is ball dominant or do they actually continue to go with that philosophy of saying we play as a team and we're going to blend it we're going to throw it out, and the guy's got the best shot takes it. Well, if they did that last year and Donovan was getting 23-8, even with that philosophy, with just a little more favorable circumstances, I think he can make this leap. I don't know whether I made a good bet with you on that, Jake, or not. What's, I'm re- I really it'll be close. Know. What's the winner and loser? What's up here? Well, incriminating audio, so whoever loses uh, really loses. Big time. Although, I guess, you know, when you recorded the Lisa's pet name for me as Bowler, I guess I really won on that. I mean, I laugh every time it's, every time it's, it's played. It's a gift that yeah. keeps on giving. But, but, Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. We've done, this, we've done this, what, four times, and I think I've won once. You have won once. That is true. My wife's pet name for me is Tony, which, which isn't nearly as as funny, in my we opinion. Never play that one for uh, some reason. Uh, but I'm glad you brought that up, Bowler, because actually Gordon and I, when we had a chance to talk to uh, Jeff Green, he talked about this. Yeah. Like, so <clears throat> philosophically, I don't expect anything to change. The Jazz aren't going to go from the ball movement to the Rockets, where they just play ISO 100 percent right. of the time. I don't think that's going to happen. But but Jeff Green actually asked Quinn Snyder. He said, "Are you going to change some of the stuff you're doing?" And Quinn Snyder told him yes. Now, Jeff Green did not go into specifics, Gordon, unless I'm, I'm no, forgetting no, something. No, I, no, but it's interesting that you caught that because I did too. Absolutely. And that totally makes sense because it does. if you don't have to cover up for Ricky Rubio's lack of shooting, well, then that's just one less thing you got to do, right? I mean, right. That, that opens up uh, all sorts of new stuff for you. It's not unlike, in, and we make this comparison a lot, but it's not unlike when George Hill first got to the Jazz and Quinn Snyder had somebody of that ability as opposed to Trey Burke. And we remember how the offense looked different and how good, really, George looked while he was healthy. I think we'll see something similar. I think we'll see some things change because they don't have to cover up for that anymore. They may- but conceptually, I think it'll be similar. Yeah, great point. I, the Jazz made changes for for a reason, and they went two years for a reason. They wanted to see what the Jazz, as constituted with that team for two years, how, how far could they go. I think that Quinn, if he was here, would probably tell you that they – probably exceeded expectations after that start last year with 23 road games prior to Christmas to still get a 50-win season. They He milked more out of those guys than a lot of coaches could even think of Big doing time. in this league. And I think that's, that's the excitement of this franchise as well because, look, again, Quinn's got a great staff, but yet he has plans and he has ways of making, uh, uh, let's just say, uh, well, no, they're not small. Uh, he he makes some drastic changes when needed. You know, he 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 pulled faves. Remember in Game Four, and the Jazz got a win in Houston. Didn't Rudy didn't particularly care for it, and I get that. But I like the fact too that you want to be on the floor. But his adjustments and his ability now, I think, to move the chess pieces with the players that that are in here. Don't forget Moutier here. 
uh, as well is another guy that's really intriguing who is only 23, made the decision to come here because he wanted to play with Conley and be coached by Quinn Snyder and play with Donovan as well. But there are multiple looks now that this team has, whether you want to go small, you want to go slower, you want to go faster, you want to be just a three-ball night. You want to ISO and, and and go four one in the sense of putting Rudy just as a lone guy and let him roll up top and and pass him the ball, you know, until someone can stop him. I mean, he led the league in dunks last year, and I I don't see who who's going to stop him. Right, and how he's, he probably won't better that, and, and and by not a little, but I think by a lot. Jake, we need to ask when we come back. We need to ask Bowler about the schedule that came out. This affects you too, Bowler. I know you pay close attention to these things, like Christmas. But it seems like the league has has evened this thing out for the Jazz. And then we also need to get from Bowler his reaction to what Gail Miller told us right here during our show last week. Said something fascinating about the Jazz winning. A championship. I like her thoughts. We'll get to it coming up next. Bowlers in the house of the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. This eight-year-old Swedish girl in a lake in Sweden stepped on something in this lake. She pulled it up, and it was a thousand-year-old Viking sword. If you found something that was a thousand years old and priceless, like, do you call authorities or... Are you going to keep this? I mean, is this no, yours now? No, no, this was taken from her. The only thing she's going to get is recognition well, then, that she found it. If I ever find a dinosaur bone that's rare, I'm just going to keep it. The last thing I want is somebody marching into my front room declaring prima nocta on that thing and taking it prima nocta yeah it's an old saying when you could come in and take anything you wanted oh yeah that's nice well done by you you keep using that word i don't think it means what you think it means catch hans and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Some five twelve eighty the zone. I want to remind you to go see Scotty and Hans at Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy in Draper this Friday from noon to three. Take advantage of all of the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, uh, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and much, much more. Uh, Jake Scott, Gordon Monson, Craig Bowler, Jack in the house with us as he is each and every Tuesday. Bowler, what did you think when you uh, when you saw the schedule? Anything stand out to you? I. Th- I thought, holy cow, man! It's 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 fair, you know. <laughs> I I like the balance was the first really word I, I looked at it. I thought, okay, let me count how many road games. Not to, oh, okay, that works. Yeah, I like it. Twenty three last year prior to Christmas, I believe the Jazz are about sixteen, so that's about what a seven game cut of just being away. I think it's more balanced. I think the first uh, ten games very challenging. Uh, despite you know Chris Paul at Oklahoma City on the opener, yeah, you, your first road game is at the the Lakers. Uh, Sacramento's young, uh, a little up and comers. I'll keep an eye on the Kings. You got the Clippers after a road game at Phoenix. Uh, then you see the Clippers again, and then how about these these two home games? Um, you go Philly, Milwaukee, and then you make a quick trip out to Golden State. That's your first ten. I mean, I'm looking at six or seven games that really are going to give us a pretty good feel. Of, of how quickly 
and this is the biggest topic when I, when I talk and you guys discuss things on air all the time is how fast can Conley and Donovan and Boyan understand what Quinn wants? You got the the preseason games uh, of that number five, so. It'll be interesting to see what kind of start. It's a challenging start, but I think once they get the rhythm, the this the schedule really bodes well. There's there's only one five game road trip, and that's during the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, there's a lot of two two game roadies. There's a lot of ones and backs. Uh, the Jazz have a couple of back to back home games on a Friday and Saturday night. I mean, I think this is a very balanced schedule for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. for the Utah Jazz, especially when it comes to getting off to a start. The challenge is the teams they play. They play multiple teams multiple times uh, through the first month and a half of this season. So we're going to get a heavy dose, dose of Memphis. We'll get a heavy dose of the of the uh, Clippers. Uh, we get a heavy dose of Golden State. Uh, so those are teams that you got to run through to get to the top. The just the the ten games you were talking about there, Bowler. That that's exciting. Oh, okay. I mean, let me just run it down. OKC, Laker road trip, Sacramento. Don't don't count out the Kings. Phoenix. We know their struggles. Clippers home at Sacramento at Clippers. Then you come back and play Philly, Milwaukee, and then you have to make a one nighter, a one a one night trip out to Golden State before you come back home to play Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, you're going to have some people interested, but KD's uh, is going to be rehabbing the entire year at $40 million. Uh, then Memphis, Minnesota, Minnesota again, Golden State, New Orleans, and that takes us up to a five-game roadie, which is Milwaukee, Indiana, Memphis again, a, a, lot of, a lot of Memphis, then Toronto, and then you finish off. That's a back-to-back, by the way, Gordon, to start December. You're at Toronto on December 1st. That's a Sunday afternoon. And you fly down to Philly to finish off a five-game road trip. Man, there's a lot more interesting games there than non-interesting. Certainly, that. and there's a bunch of interesting games at the end of this, uh, the end of the schedule too. As you uh, get the Lakers and the Clippers again, you get the Lakers twice in uh, at the back end of March, and then the uh, the Clippers uh, there in uh, in April before finishing out with Phoenix, OKC, and Denver. So I, I'm with you, Baller. I think it's very balanced. A lot of the interesting games are are come at good spots during the season. The season does start a week later than it did last year because of the uh, the world championships. Right. Uh, but it actually ends at about the same time. It's it's a middle of April and it's on a Tuesday night and of course as you know the Jazz will, you know, get 4 days to prepare for round 1 and off we go. But well, how long do you think it'll take for the Jazz to really come together? I think preseason will be a really good test uh, and and just a good time for them. Uh, I think those 10 games, uh, if they should be on pretty much, you know, Quinn may just be laughing right now if he's listening, but, I mean, when you play at that level, I think that forces the hand even more so that you've got you've to be, you've got to hit the ground running in, in the cliche of cliches because, Is look, 10 games enough? Uh, I think we'll get a pretty good feel at the 10. I mean, I, I hope before that five game, you better, you better, yeah, Gordon, I think you've got to be at a pretty good you, – you can't falter after that. I mean, if you play 500 ball, is that good enough for a team that supposedly is challenging for the Western Conference championship or as, as, as in a number two seed in some people's eyes? 
I think people would be disappointed with 500. You can't slip against Sacramento. You can't slip on the road against Phoenix. You can't slip on the road at Sacramento. You've got to you've got to grab a win against the Clippers in that in that mix, home and away. And you've got to be able to find a way to say, okay, you grab Philly early in the season at home, which is good, in my opinion. And because they're still going to be, you know, kind of finding their legs as well. And then you get a dose of Milwaukee and, and the the reigning MVP. Would you expect to lose to the Lakers on the road? Well, you know what? That's a good question, too, because you know what? It's only game two. I think the Jazz and the Lakers will be even because, look, LeBron and, and AD are going to be having their, their growing pains as well. And yeah. Kuzma, I mean, I, I think it's a good time to get them. And the team that's further ahead should be able to grab a win. And that's those are one of those games that, again, throughout the season, when you always go back and count, we do this on the plane all the time. Locke always says, you know, if it would have been, what if, you know. And we always go, man, I tell you, that, that one game given away, you know, uh, that unexpected uh, loss on the road, uh, you know, to, to Minnesota when really the Jazz should have and could have and dropped a 12-point lead and, and they, they end up losing. And you go, man, that that could that could play a factor, you know, when it comes down, or or when also you're playing a team and you want to win the tiebreaker, and that one slips away from you, and you think that could obviously uh, interfere with a four seed, three seed, two seed, whatever it may be. Well, optimistically though, I mean, you look at the players they're mixing in, they're veterans, yeah. So that should help, and and I get it. Anthony Davis is a veteran, and the Lakers will benefit from that as well. But they're not, you know, Quinn Snyder. Sometimes the Jazz teams have gotten off to some slow starts because young guys have taken a little while to pick up on what exactly he's doing. I mean, we we had Mike Conley on the show. I think he's going to hit the ground running. I think as far Me as too. starts go, and maybe it takes a minute to get it all together. But the fact that they're adding players who've played in the league for ten years, that's going to help. Don't you think? Yeah, the youngest of the group is uh, Moutier at 23. But, yeah, what he's been in the league three years going on four, right? So And, and he's going to be a role guy. Yeah, so. yeah. Ed Davis, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, Jeff Green. But, th- but your point is taken is that I don't think anything's really going to uh, surprise them or put them into an early season panic. Mm-hmm. I, I think this team, the Jazz – as it's constituted on this by this roster, even a couple of guys like George Niang, who knows the system as well, if he's on that roster, which I assume he's going to play a role, a bigger role, uh, at, 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 with, with his three-point ability and his size, I think this team is is built to, to hit the floor and be in pretty good shape early. I really do. Bowler, you get to watch some practices, or at least portions of them, yeah, right? Yeah. All That's going to be interesting. Oh yeah! The scrimmages between with this team, the guys going at each other. Absolutely, you're going to see some stuff there. I'm I'm excited to see uh, again the mentality and the 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 body language of the of the new guys and how they try to come in and establish themselves and to make a point that look, I'm here to play. I'm here to beat your you know behind. I'm here to grab minutes. You know, Tony Bradley. Is another guy that you know is an outside force that we saw in the summer league play very well, both in Salt Lake and in Las Vegas. Does he grab a few minutes? Does he? I mean, camps. And I talked to him last week. Camp is going to be everything for these guys, and I think it's going to be a fiery time uh, to to watch the Jazz 
And I think guys will be fighting for some minutes also in the in the preseason. Even though you want to kind of curtail their activity to protect them and protect your investment. But I think this particular summer or this particular coming fall, when these guys hit the floor for those five preseason games, Conley and Donovan need a little extra time maybe in live action against, you know, competitive NBA teams to see really where they are and what they got to work on. Well, we talked with Ed Davis and Jeff Green, and these guys aren't going to take a back seat. I mean, they, they are seemed eager to uh, impose their will in practice uh, right off, right from Gordon from jump. They that way. came here to play. They came here not to be a fifth wheel or just to sit back and go, "Wow, I'm I'm really with a young, cool team." No, they came here to be a part of something. What the Jazz started off. And this, this is my transition to your conversation with Gail Miller. They came here for a reason because they have a feeling, like a lot of people do, that things are right here and they're very close of really making noise in this league. Well, hold hold that thought on, on Gail Miller. Let's get to that coming up right around the corner where we have enough time to, to do it justice. Uh, Bowler is in the house. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, it is the big show. We'll talk about that coming up right around the corner. But right now, let's check in with the world-famous Tony Parks and an update on the tour of Utah. Ladies and gentlemen, spanning the entire state of Utah, this is your tour of Utah Update. Let's go. go. On the Zone Sports Network. A furious finish took place today during stage one of the tour of Utah. Group of five battled it out all the way to the finish line, and Umberto Marengo made the last move coming from behind and getting the win. The 27-year-old Italian was fired up as he crossed the finish line. An emotional group hug at the end of the stage today from teammates with the Neri Satelli team. Lawson Craddock finished in second today, but he will wear the yellow jersey coming up tomorrow. Edwin Avila finished in third. Marengo will wear the Utah Sports Commission sprint jersey. Sam Boardman wears the KOM jersey tomorrow. Brought to you by the Utah Office of Tourism. Craddock wearing the yellow, as mentioned, is at the top of the overall GC standings. James Piccoli was yesterday's winner. He had an issue with the flat today during the circuit. He does give up the yellow, but is in second overall. Joel Almeida, young man who's had a terrific start to this year's tour is in third. He's just six seconds back. He's going to stay as the best young writer. Brought to you by WCF Insurance. Gavin Mannion in fourth. Joe Dombrowski is in fifth. Travis Samuel had a great attack with about 26 miles to go in today's stage. He was on his own for a while before eventually being caught, but well where the most aggressive rider brought to you by the LHM dealerships. Max Chance was the AFCU fan favorite. Stage two comes your way tomorrow. The tour stays up north. They'll start in Brigham City, make their way to Powder Mountain Resort. 84 and a half miles with an elevation gain of 7,310 feet. This is your tour of Utah update on the Zone Sports Network. Big Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Craig Bowler, Jack in the studio. Want to remind you to listen tomorrow on a win ticket Wednesday for your chance to win tickets to 311 and the Dirty Heads. They're out on tour together this summer. Come and rock out with them and special guests Dreamers and Bikini Trill on Tuesday, August 20th at USANA Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now. Purchase your tickets at LiveNation.com. Gordon, uh, reset. We want to talk to Bowler here about a question you asked Gail Miller last week on the show. Yeah, we were talking to Gail and uh, asked her about uh, the Jazz and their goals. And and she has said it on numerous occasions that uh, they're not here just to play basketball games for entertainment's sake for the fan base, although that is a part of it, obviously. 
but that she had designs on winning a championship and how important it is to her to get that done. And uh, I asked her about it, and uh, I think we have her response. With 30 teams in the NBA, there can only be one championship, but I think every 30 years you ought to have one. (laughs) It's our turn, and I think we've built up to it. We understand what it takes. I think we've put everything in place for it. We've given them all the tools they need, brought in the players that I think can do it, and there's no reason why we can't um, have that expectation. Now, I don't know that it'll come this year, but I do believe we'll get there. That's the kind of thing that fans like to hear from. Oh, our you know what I heard there was a very vibrant, a very um, alive and focused and determined Gail Miller. Look, I know she speaks for herself, but let's be honest. I think we all know she also speaks for her late husband. I, I think, again, the driving force with Larry has always been with her and always will be. Uh, that's what Larry. That's what Larry was about, and Gail as well. They didn't just take this, this on. They didn't just, in, you know, make two payments to Sam Battistone just to say, "Hey, look at us. We're owners in the NBA." You know, you, you're dealing with one of the most competitive men that I've ever met, and that's that's Larry Miller and Gail. Obviously, the driving force behind him. That story became more and more. Uh, prevalent and known as Larry's health failed, and and you realized that the the man and the woman uh, they were as one mm-hmm. working together for a common goal. Not only the dealerships and for the for the employees, but this franchise and what it meant to Larry and the and how close he was, especially two guys in, in Stockton and Malone and, and his relationship with Jerry uh, Jerry Sloan, but. You know, this family, uh, this organization continues to make uh, strides. You know, they made the change this summer with Zanuck at the GM spot. Dennis gets a, an elevated uh, position with the Jazz, and they made some bold moves. And, you know, one, it was one, too, that, that, was, that was financially one that the Jazz had to probably tell the Millers, this is going to make a difference. And I think we've always known, even in Larry's life, if it's the right one to push us to the next level, I can handle it financially. It's not an he doesn't want to do it every day. The Miller family doesn't want to do that every day, but I think the Jazz know the time is now, and that's the difference between sometimes rebuilding or retooling because you have Donovan and Rudy, and you have a guy named Joe, and you have a coach named Quinn, and now you bring in these other pieces, and yes, it, at a cost. But you know what? The total outcome, you're going to be in the you're going to be in the race at the top. And that's what the Miller family expects and I think that's what the you know they gave the Jazz that direction and the green light to go there. In order to make this happen, the Jazz is going to have to handle being expected to do these things. That's a little different role for this team. We talked about this Jake about the Utes. This year, how they are the hunted, not the hunter. There's some pressure there, yeah. And so now there's a new dynamic here. But so much of this team, the Jazz, is new that uh, maybe they can handle that. It's not like, okay, this is the same group and, and it's it stayed sort of static. No, it's changed. And so maybe they'll, in that flow, they'll be able to uh, handle all these high expectations, which you have, I have, the league has. I mean, people all around the country. You notice we talked earlier off off uh, Mike uh, when you break down the national broadcast games, 
And, you know, I, I never like to lose a game to anybody, uh, to, but TNT takes six. But the Jazz actually are ranked 10th in the, uh, out of the 30 teams for national exposure. That tells you a lot to back up your point, Gordon, that the expectations for this team are very high. Granted, many are NBA TV, many on ESPN, and six on TNT, three in the final two weeks of the regular season, which also tells me they expect the Western Conference race to be crazy to the very final night again. And considering the fact that there are fewer TV sets out here than there are in many other markets, that makes that that uh, that number even uh, more notable. You know, you also said, and Jake, I, I think an important thing too is that uh, Quinn Snyder in his tenure as he starts his sixth season with the Jazz, it was kind of that time where he was here to establish a new way of thinking, a new philosophy, a new, a new system. That system is in place, one that many like, by the way, uh, and players now have seemed to clamor to be a part of it in this offseason. I think these other guys, like Jeff Green, like Moody, Moody, they had other places to go. Yep. This is one of the first times that that players actually made a a decision with their agent to say, "I'm landing in Utah because I like the players and I like the coach, I like the facilities, and most importantly, I like the chance of us to make really a noise and a title." that could be within grasp. I think that's certainly true for Jeff Green and Ed Davis. Moody, I think it was a little different because I think his agent looked at the development yeah. that they do here, and it might have been a little different for each, but uh, certainly this overall swing thought is there. That the jazz are Yeah, that the Jazz are on the verge. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll have more big shows straight ahead. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Craig Bowler, Jack, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.